Welcome, everyone, to another edition of After Further Review. Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Sands, Jeff Taylor today. Something came up with him. Probably work. We're hoping it's work. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe he has a pretty he has a pretty clean life, John Pelkey. It probably wouldn't be anything untoward that came up. You know what I mean? General ennui. Could be that could, that could draw on the side, you know. That's the thing. He's in show business, and and uh, that, that's the one thing you got to give us in terms of our character. We I walk around with General Ennui, oh, and we God. still have to set the bar relatively high to do a show, regardless. And yeah. you know, I suppose I suppose cops have to do that, teachers have to do that, everyone has to do that, but it's a little bit like different. Us. Like you have to perform, although teachers are. Teachers are performers. Let's face it. They, they I go back to, they well, to be yeah. on every single day, all day long, six different times. It's like they're doing well, six different shows a day. And how many of our friends who finally gave up, not because they weren't talented or couldn't, but just because this business is so such a crap business for your for your self preservation, for lack of a better term, have have gone on to teach. Because yeah. you're right. It's a, yeah. it's a you know. Now I'm not one of those actors who could ever do that because I completely lack organizational skills, and that apparently works against you if you're a teacher. Organization, uh, patience, yeah, uh, no, no, no. A, a general understanding about how teaching works as well. I mean, it's just not a and that you could learn. There going, yes. you know, which is what I would want to do. But that you could learn. Like you, you can, can learn, you can learn the, the nuts and bolts of that part of it. Yes. But the yes. uh, listen, 56 years of trying to come up with some some level of uh, organization. And, you know, we're, we're not teaching this old dog that new trick. So that's out of there. I'd need teaching assistant. And then that would yeah, lead to untoward <laughs> hundreds of untoward. Who knows things. what else that would lead to. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a flawed name? man. Uh, who is it? John Pelkey. Name me one. We all fall short, my friend. It's the truth. That's a good point. Hey, listen, I got to tell you this uh, yesterday, uh, because we're going to talk as little about sports today as we possibly can, (laughs) because honestly, now the football season is coming to an end. We're, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I I can talk to you about uh, Toronto Raptor home games uh, quite a bit uh, outside of that. And I actually did watch. Uh, the, the game against the Pacers the other day, a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't really have a lot of, uh, we don't really have a lot of knowledge about football. Uh, but you start delving in at this point to early season NBA and, uh, the NHL and college basketball. This is gonna be a very short show. We can talk to you more. We can talk to you more about, uh, whether or not, uh, Woody Harrelson's dad was involved in the Kennedy assassination. We can get into that for hours. But if, if you had to ask me about the top 10 in college basketball right now, I would give you the top 10 from 1985. Well, it's got to be uh, Georgetown, Syracuse, St. John's. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, there you go. There you know, yeah, Georgetown, so 85. But Louisville, I want to sure. say this. I had to tell you this because played uh, Rocks Off by the Stones yeah. is our uh, is our theme song there. Uh, they right. have not. We have not received a cease and desist from the Stones. And I think that really speaks to the That's smallness right. and uh, insignificance insignificance of this podcast more than anything else. Yeah. But it, it, uh, it I was listening lip in anyone's I, world. I got a free three months. Of, I got a three uh, free three months of Sirius Satellite Radio. No, you're a long time uh, listener. First time caller uh, for Sirius Satellite Radio. And uh, so I've really been enjoying it, uh, having a great time with, with yeah, it. That's fun, isn't it? Yesterday I was listening to, uh, there's a station I like, uh, I believe it's called um, The Spectrum, which plays modern stuff and then older stuff. And you know, it kind of gives you album cuts of the classic rock sometimes. It's not always, you know, the hits, the 100 hits. 
who, who dials into that? Let's talk about those people. The words they give the hundred best classic rock songs, and that's what you listen to. It's like, yeah, that's that's, that's all my palate can handle. Anyway, uh, the uh, so there's a show on the Spectrum hosted by Theodora Richards, Keith Richards' daughter, uh, who's great. She's oh. terrific. She's got an hour long show, and her outro song is "Rocks Off." Which How about was, that? Johnny? Was pretty cool. Which pretty which yeah, was pretty cool. I, mean, I think song. it speaks. I think it speaks to if you if you go to the. Uh, the definition of that phrase um, that we won't delve into too closely, I think it, it, it speaks perfectly of our show versus hers in that we play ours in the beginning, sort of a premature, uh. and hers <laughs> is after because, you know, yes. the satisfaction of the All is thing. expelled at the top so, of our show. I think it, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like. Yeah, uh, there's nothing left, you know, we're just there, like, want to go to sleep. They played a Stone song. Um, can somebody make me a sandwich? I'm going to give Sleep off to bed. Anyway, I thought you would find that interesting. The, check out her, her show. Theodora? Yeah, check out her show. Uh, I'll, I, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's uh, Off the Cuff with Theodora Richards. She plays, and like, like the station, she played a couple of hits, and then she, she, she like, Aqualong by Jethro Tull, I think she she started with, and a couple of other songs. And uh, But then she do, uh, dove deep into some things that you, you wouldn't expect. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, you enjoy cool. that stuff, Johnny. You enjoy the deep dive, uh, or or actually the uh, the album cut kind of stuff. You you really yes, uh, yeah. Not I'm, only do you enjoy it, but you seriously judge others yes. who don't do it. Like if you ask someone, I you said what albums would you bring on? Like a couple albums on a desert island, and I said Bob Dylan's greatest hits, and no, you were like, God, no. And I said volume two, well, and you kind of got impressed. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. You kind of became impressed. It was like, yes, all right, that makes sense. Right, but. Uh, there are a handful of greatest hits albums that I will accept from you. Like Credence. Uh, yeah, you could do a Credence. Uh, there's a there's a great Credence one. Um, a band like um, Echo and the Bunnymen has a has a, a a greatest hits album. But for the most part, I just consider you know if that's what you want to listen to, okay. But I found those stations on Sirius where it's like the hundred greatest songs and oh great, uh, there's Born to Be Wild. Can't wait for thirty hours. It'll be back again, and I can hear Born to Be Wild again. Just expand your palate a little bit, you know, and listen to a, you know, if your favorite Skinner song is Freebird, I don't want to have a conversation with you. It's right. a great no, no. song. You, yeah, you, you got to be something else. You attribute that their lack of expanding their palate there to yeah. the rest of their life and their character. You, you yeah. assume they don't try uh, new foods. Right. No. You assume that they have to have uh, on on Dairy Girls or on The Crown or on even worse, uh, Broadchurch that they that they need subtitles to hear what they're saying as opposed to I, I need it all wrapped up I need it all wrapped up for me I, I get that handed to me I, I can't work hard at it oh there's too much tape on this package I'm not gonna open it. oh please yeah I mean you gotta no you I know you really you really you know that thing that's where you're you're you, you've got a little bit of a misguided work ethic if you ask me you expect people to work hard with their entertainment <laughs> As well. I, no, I, some I, people I, just want to just you just fall back in a bubble bath. I know? expect them. And, and I expect don't allow them. them you don't I, allow them to do that. I think the vast majority of people have a lack of intellectual curiosity. That's my problem. And I think you know, benefit of that is if I go look at now, you know, now everything's streaming, so I'd have to look at your playlist. But like I said before, if I went to look at your record collection, and it is more than two to four percent greatest hits albums, I don't, I don't want to hang with you anymore. Well, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the bridge. That's the bridge that I think is hilarious that you 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 take it from that from something you just wish they had better taste or or more expanded taste even yes. with bands you may like for instance, you know, for example, uh you take that to not wanting to hang out with them. In other words, you don't want to be friendly with you don't want to form any sort of community with anyone who, who is under the bar and it's really a palate bar for you. It really is a palate bar. Life's life's too short to eat at the same restaurant every night, people. I mean, it's just it's down to that. If it's if you know, how hell ain't to go to Applebee's. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree. With that. You I know, I mean, that. that's that's Applebee's is we beyond are creatures of habit, somewhere. though, Johnny. We are What's creatures that? of habit. We are we creatures are. of habit. We are, and that's why you know a strip mall in Phoenix looks the same as a strip strip mall in Poughkeepsie, and I don't know that that necessarily speaks oh, well of us. Just looks like home to me. Oh, oh like home! I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> Wait a minute, those people over there are slightly tanner than me. I'm uncomfortable. I'll stay on. You know, come on, people, just get out yeah. there. Intellectual curiosity, a little bit of intellectual curiosity would be nice for people. You know, it's just that's that's just uh, it uh, for me. That's all. Yeah. Speaking of Tanner than us, I think we want to uh, delve into that topic just a bit. But before we do that, we are going to do a little progressive trivia, something John Pelkey absolutely adores. And we're starting with an NBA player, Johnny. Okay. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing 20 games into the season. We're pushing a, uh, it's almost the quarter pole for the NBA. I don't know. I know. Um, you do know it, and and uh, your Raptors are seven and ten. They're trying to make a little run. They started out really slow. Five out of six, playing better, play, playing playing much five better. Five out of six, they, they dropped one to to Indiana the other night, and now tonight they play the Bucks. So it should be interesting. Uh, Lakers are playing very well. Lakers, uh, what what is what what did we hear on the on our favorite talk show? That's the thing. We can't compete with Colin Cowherd. Uh, he is by far. He is. He does so much preparation. All the resources, let alone he has a lot else. of resources. There's no doubt. You're paid seven million a year. You, you can afford to do the kind of research he does. And he's got, he's he's got like a crew of a hundred. Mark, he rolls out of bed in the morning. They shoot him up full of whatever keeps him awake. Um, you know, they that's the case. Plug I him mean, into the silicone chip that's inside of his head that keeps. He is, you know, come on, he's corporate. He's always been a very, very diligent, hard worker. Like for years, he was a sportscaster in Las Vegas, and he got like sportscaster of the year for five years in a row, like in the eighties or their nineties or whatever it was. And uh, he's just always been that guy. He was, he was that guy at ESPN. He was that guy prior to that. Anyway, he, he was talking about the Lakers road record literally over the last two seasons. It's like 32 and six. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. Michael Jordan's bulls didn't do that. You know what I mean? It's like, this is a really, really good team. Now, Utah's great. They're on a run. They've won nine in a row. The Clippers obviously are great. The West is always going to be so much fun to see, certainly at the top. Very deep. And, it's uh, deeper, and very deeper than the East, really. Way you know, deeper clearly. as well. And, um, but it's very interesting. We'll talk about the NBA in just a bit. But first, let's go to our NBA-themed, NBA-themed progressive trivia. Played for five NBA teams. Played in 160-plus playoff games. Played with Adrian Dantley and Sean Bradley. That sort of dates him, and he's a two-time All Star. I think I, 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 I'm going to I'm going to guess with this. Uh, I, Go and, ahead I'm and, using, guess. and I'm using as usual just one clue and paying no no attention to the others. But I know how your mind yeah, that's, thinks. That's that's like it. That's like a. Um, you know, it's a very typical thing for an average guest. Yeah, when, and that's what I'm guessing. doing. I'm approaching it that way. Very great. Good job. You got I it. Get right. it. 
Yeah. What what was the clue? You can go ahead and give us the clue that that gave you your. Uh... Uh, it, it was actually uh, the Adrian Dantley. Oddly, really? because I know I know that was kind of a, I, I know that the players they played with are sort of throw off. You know, it's not you know, we would never have if we had Carl Malone as as an answer, we would never put played with John Stockton. You know what I mean? It would be an off player who had a cup of coffee with them or spent a couple of because we're trying to, you know, we're, we don't it's not the greatest hits of progressive trivia people. If you want that to dial into somebody else's, the, the, the Romney claim check show or whatever the hell you want. Um, it uh, but uh, it was that. And then I and, and then, frankly, uh, 106 playoff games. 160, actually. 160. I'm sorry. The, the huge number of playoff games. And I'm just trying to think of somebody who was ubiquitous in the playoffs, multiple teams, and that's just the one that came, that came to mind. And in fact, in fact, now I'm 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 actually lying about how I helped get it. Also, the two two time All Star thing because I think that was uh, a, a crime. Frankly, I think there yeah. should have been many, many, many more of those. No doubt. Well, good job. And let, thank we'll see you. If anyone else? How about that? I'm very impressed. Congratulations. Now, I want to speak to Joe Collins. So you probably heard that clue before, and it's, it clicked into something. But I'm still I'm going to give you full credit for guessing it on the first set of clues, and I'm not going to get depressed about it. Okay, fair I enough. Promise. You're apparently you're on something. Uh, Joe Connolly mentioning, you know, the strip malls look the same, like the one at Crossroads looks the same uh, as everyone else's. Now, the problem with that one, Mark, is that, uh, and this is just for people who know Crossroads over at Lake Buena Vista, is – People started staying on property, and also I think that that strip mall uh, had a couple of things that didn't look the same to people, and and that's what uh, scared them away. That I think that's part of it. Why that didn't? But crossroads. location, location Lake, is pretty much everything. Yeah, What's that? Lake, Lake Buena Vista Crossroads. We're talking yeah. Uh, yeah. Pirates Cove, Miniature Golf, Uno's. That was a thing that the kids and I back in the day in the nineties uh, they'd come down and. Every night we'd go down. Every night I wasn't working, they'd go. We'd go down to Uno's and Pirates Cove. Easy Man, to dine oh and dash there. Was that uh, why you enjoyed it? Was it easy to at Uno's? It was easy to just uh, all right, kids, I, I, go, I mean, go, go, go out to the car. Go out to the car. I'm gonna the checks here. Go out to the car. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go. And, and I'm gonna go to the, the third or fourth time we did it. They, yeah, you know, by the third or fourth time they did it, it was like they, you know, they were part of the game. You know, I was Fagan and they were, you know, Artful Dodger and Oliver Twist. Right. They were, you know, they knew exactly what they were doing. And you realized and, that, uh, they, and they, you they realized better grifters at it than, than me later on. And you realized that all you had to do was wear different uh, Disney clothing, and that you, it, you know, for everyone who committed any sort of crime over there, I don't know, they were wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. Well, thank you for, you know. Uh, narrowing that down to a million six people. So well done out of you. Hopefully the uh, the Uno people, where you and I actually have a, a a meal from time to time. Hopefully they won't be watching the podcast. What are we worried about? Of course they're not. Yeah. Uh, they're not. So they're not gonna watch the video. They're not going to watch. They're they're not our Facebook friends. They're not going to watch YouTube because mm-hmm. all of our YouTube views have decreased significantly ever since we got onto Facebook. Yeah. And uh, they're obviously not listening to the podcast right. because you know there's a million six sports podcasts out there and um you know eight or ten of them are all named after further review so you know nothing we've done has given us any hope at all right to make a dent and so we're at that point where we're now uh we we come to where you want to make changes and i'm just perfectly i'm just perfectly happy to muddle along as we get you know to have this hobby where we look at each Um, other for an hour three times a week right exactly 
and you're a good audience for me, so I get a couple of well, laughs. So sure, you know, you feel good. I, I make you feel better. Just doesn't work down with uh, you know doing the Raptors. If I'm doing jokes over the PA, people just don't don't care for it. Uh, so I try to stay away from that as much as I possibly can. I would think the context. I think it'd be pr- pretty hard to you know put everything into context at that point in time. But I, you know, there are there are occasions for that. Like when I was when I was uh, doing the PA for uh, for Pop Warner or for. Uh, whatever the other one KSA thing was. Mm-hmm. And you heard me from the other field at the sports complex. And I was, you know, I, it was, it was early in my PA. You were doing, doing a little play by play. I was doing a little play by play. And so you, you, <laughs> you recommended some, some phrases I say. And, and one of them was my favorite is that uh, after, after a kid gained five or six yards, I said, determined running by the youngster. Determined running by the youngster. Yeah. I, I, I suggested that. I like that. I, I was yeah. catching a little bit of that watching, I believe it was the national championship game. Um, Cause they had a, they had a, they had a channel where uh, the public address and they didn't have uh, announcers. They did that old thing that they did for a Miami Dolphins, uh, New York Jets game well back in the, I think the late seventies, early eighties, where they didn't, they just did the sounds from the stadium. Um, interesting to choose that in a year where there's no one in the stadium, but Hey, you know, I guess uh, whatever they're running out of ideas. Um, but uh, the PA announcers, a guy named John Magrino, who I know uh, used to be the assistant athletic director at Dr. Phillips high school and does a great job, worked with the Rays, I believe. And he did national team, but a couple of times I caught, you know, uh, a runoff of left tackle gain him. And I'm thinking runoff of left tackle. You're not doing play by play Magrino for God's sake. Yeah, I know, it's weird. That, maybe that's becoming a thing. So maybe you, you may leapfrog me. Uh, in the in the PA world, which I don't think would be doubtful, doubtful, doubt, doubtful very doubtful at this point. All right, so uh, so let's talk quickly ab- yeah. about something that I don't think we've talked about enough, and that's that's the ridiculousness of this hiring cycle, along with the last hiring cycle in the NFL head coaches, and along with the last hiring cycle in the, in the NFL. So the last three, three is what the saying. last three hiring cycles. I yeah. think there were twenty openings. Yeah, and two people of color and one black coach. Yeah. It's really everything, you know, everything um, water finds its own level. And this sort of level of uh, where minority hiring sits at what, two to four percent, despite the fact that, uh, you know, African-Americans are 14 percent of the population and 80 what percent of players uh, are African-American. It, it just finds back to that water where that's where the league is comfortable or that's the decisions that are being made. And you and I talked about it, Mark. I think that I think there are conscious decisions and I think there are unconscious decisions because this is how people it's in people's DNA a little bit to view people differently due to their race. And I think we would be lying if we didn't say that that were true. It is a learned behavior. Um, uh, you have to be carefully taught uh, that sort of stuff. It doesn't just, you just don't come out of the womb. And that's right. Rogers and Hammerstein making, make an appearance here. Cause that's the kind of show we do. Can't imagine. We don't have huge crowds popping in, but I think, I think what we've seen is, the uh, the attempts to address this, and this reminds me of a lot of things, Mark, the war on drugs, the war on poverty, all of these things, the attempts to address this while they might have had some short term uh, benefits. We're now finding ourselves back where we started and we have to readdress how we do this. I thought Derek Abbott made a great point that focusing up at the top may not be the best idea for how we get people, how we find more diversity. It's actually 
the other way around. It builds up. It doesn't trickle down. You start at the bottom and offer opportunities for people because of their socioeconomic situations or even for some of these guys who are, uh, you know, they, they don't have the, uh, the the sport itself is not in their DNA. They're second generation people and they weren't, you know, they're the first in their generation to be in, uh, involved in, in football. They came from elsewhere. It wasn't their sport. So they don't have maybe that uh, support system that some of us whose families are decades of, of football people have behind them. So I think that's really where uh, where we failed is that we looked at the top. And I think this speaks to a lot of things. We why more people vote in the presidential election than they do in local elections. We started at the top and where we really needed to start was because all politics are local. And I think all sports issues are as well. We should have started at the bottom. No, I agree with that. If you talk about socioeconomic issues and if you really want to pull people out of poverty and, and this could be a race thing or this could be a class thing. And, and oftentimes it's, it's a com- combination. Yeah, it's yeah. a combination. Uh, but, yeah, the first thing you need to do is get these kids, these young kids into a place where educationally they have the same opportunities as their middle class or white or whomever you want to say uh, compatriots in this country. And, you know, the, the, the thing I always come back to is why do we fund public schools based on the property values of the houses in that district? Well, well you I really mean, need me to answer that question. Have a different, either a different funding mechanism or we just put all that money into a pot and divide it equally. I don't understand why this in Winter Park, you know, in certain areas of Winter Park, you get really nice public schools because they're really well funded. Mm-hmm. And in certain areas in Pine Hills, you get really bad schools because there's not a lot of tax base because the, where they're pulling from uh, doesn't offer a lot. So, for, for instance, you start there. And yes, I absolutely agree. You got to start at the, top, uh, the at the beginning, at the bottom and build it up. But there are assistant coaches. In the NFL, we're talking about black assistant coaches right now who have some sort of bizarre glass ceiling at this point in time. And and I think that goes to what I said before, Mark. What the hell? I mean, consciously or unconsciously, people are not comfortable making decisions outside of what they're the structure that they've looked at for many, many years. You know, uh, and I'm not you can't agree with that. I'm not going to call these people racists. It's just they're culturally biased. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a better way of saying it. There is cultural bias and it's it's uh, dispiriting because you would think that the place that that would be least prevalent is in a situation like this where you do have so many um, some people of color involved in the sport and people who who now because, you know, benefit of Eric, the enemy benefit of the fact that he played professional football. He is in a higher uh, economic. He's out of that socio lower socioeconomic issue, but he's still running into that. And I do think that that is just, you know, it's learned behavior. It's, uh, you know, people are culturally biased to to your point. They just. I think there's a lot of bad hiring in the NFL, too. I mean, I think we could look back and there are organizations that will always hire poorly, even if they were to hire a person of color, they'd hire the wrong one. They just, you know, there's a consistent there are consistent issues there. I don't know how you solve that sort of problem, because I think it's it's one of the reasons the NFL, there's a sameness to uh, season in and out with certain um 
certain organizations because organizationally that's just where they sit. Um, but I think I think the most important thing, though, is let's accept that the Rooney rule doesn't work. If we're the NFL, if you're going to look at this, the Rooney rule is not working. Why is it not working? And I think it was it made it very, very easy early on to look like things were on more even footing and they weren't. Ultimately. So you, you have to perhaps expand it. You have to do a few other things. Who knows? But to your point, uh, things are carefully taught. It's a learned behavior, but it's also learned from the time you're young. It, 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 it's the tribal thing. It's a very naturalistic thing as a human mm-hmm. to be in our tribes, to, to be I yeah. mean, we're, we're that way politically in this country and yeah. and the the educated and the and the, the uneducated. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that because Trump was just told, you know, the uneducated are a demographic of yours, uh, Mr. Candidate, Mr. Trump. Um, they, they, they love you. And so on, in, a, in a stump speech, he said, I love the uneducated. Right. I love yeah. it just sounded right. so silly. At any rate, the educated and uneducated among us and and on both sides, uh, the the, um, you know, the enlightened and the non-enlightened on both sides we're I very like that tribal. word better than educated because you know we've seen from members of congress with advanced oh. degrees from ivy league colleges that you yeah. can you can succeed academically without being terribly smart unless they're just being highly cynical which and is there's I that too there is that know, too I, and you'll I always have that in politics they're that smart that they know what they need to do to, to be successful but right. yes enlightened non-enlightened whatever it is we're all tribal and so yes that's learned behavior but it's also goes it, it's old brain kind of stuff yeah and so to undo that requires additional learned behavior right and that's the thing that sometimes you just have to um you know, guide, not force, but kind of guide in the right direction with, with rules that are from the outside in. And in the end, John, we know this about America. We know this about the national football league, that success is going to breed whatever it is that if something works, we have black quarterbacks now who are the best quarterbacks in the game Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson are the best quarterbacks in the game. Apologies to Aaron Rodgers. Um, but that's the truth. And right. 29 out of the 32 first round draft picks last year were African-American. Of course. So, you know, and, and 70 percent to your point, 70, 80 percent of the players are. So at some point, I do think it's going to break through. The ceiling's going to break through. And the more we talk about it, the better. The more it stays on the front burner, the yeah. better, as you know, you know, out of sight, out of mind with all this stuff. And I just think it's it's a cultural bias that we should. That's the thing we should understand that about. And and you've you've come at it with a very understanding point of view this whole this whole show about it's just what they're what they're used to. They're right. used to this culture. It's it's like the what you said about the NFL um, about other people hiring people they know who've been in the system for years. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely. like blue blood. It's like the blue blood mentality. It's, but it's. Even take it into our money. other business, Mark, our other former business. It, when you, you know very well when casting a show that if two persons, actors are of the same, you know, if, 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 if all things are equal, you, you like both their auditions, you're going to you're going to cast the person, you know, you're going to cast yeah. that which, you know, because there there are too many unknowns in uh, live performance and let's lump sports and yeah. theater all in this. There are too many unknowns. And one of sure. your jobs as a leader is to eliminate as many unknowns as you can. 
And sadly, one of the unknowns for a lot of these folks is the unknown of going outside of, of, of their comfort zone and um, choosing somebody that maybe their background isn't something that they can uh, relate to. It, it, and it really, we, the economics of it all is in, until you have, this is, I'll argue the Jim Brown side of everything now, um, until you have economic freedom, you're not going to have total freedom anywhere. And I think that's where right. the issue is that, you know, African-American ownership. Um, and that's where we need to see uh, some um, some forward movement. But sadly, because of racial issues throughout the years, there's less economic heft on the African-American side than there is on the white side. There is. And you're absolutely right about economic freedom is is real freedom. And, and you're also, you know, and also what's very, very interesting is that you never know where it's going to come from. I mean, we got we got criminal justice reform, for instance, signed under Trump, even though it was pushed by many, right. many, many before. Yeah. And it was a bipartisan thing. We got, you know, this opportunity zone, bipartisan, the, created by two black senators of different parties. You never know when it's going to happen, just like you never would have expected in the same year, an organization led by Daniel Snyder, not only changed the name of his team and went against that entire 80 years of 100 years of culture, but now has hired the first black African-American female coach. Yeah. Full time coach, yeah. assistant coach. You never know where it's going to come from. And that's the thing. That's why. That's why the point Jeff makes a lot, which I do agree with, is you never want to offend half of the people who are listen. If if you want to really move forward on an issue, right. you need to bring everyone in, even if even if you think half of them are troglodytes. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't disagree with that. My issue though is, and I, we're seeing more and more of this now, is that you also uh, uh, um, there have to be consequences to actions and. You will never, ever have consequences if you do have a group of folks. And I this is I think on my tombstone, which probably were days from um, I, I think it's, you know, uh, there are more people in this country uh, offended by discussions of racism than actual racism. And I think that's part of the problem. You start having this conversation with with people who don't admit that there is a level of uh, um uh, systematic racism or that the only racist policy in this country is affirmative action. And if you, we have to, there, there is a, we're paying the price for uh, a lack of factual discussion that, you know, the alternative facts that Kellyanne Conway said, and thank God she did say it because it was idiotic. She's a piece of crap. I hope she never has a job again in her entire life. And I'm angry with Bill Maher for playing footsie with her the first time he had her on the freaking show after all of this. Uh, I, I thought it was horrible, but she did. She did. She did a good thing because she she put a label on what it is. And alternative facts are not. There's no such thing. It is the antithesis of a fact. It's either factual or isn't. And until we can come to the, the realization, until people can admit that their uh, information stream is biased, no matter who you are, and it's not and it's not a both sides here. I'm not saying that CNN is the same as Fox because it isn't clearly. Um, but you have to have people who are not so entrenched into that. I think you and I are less entrenched into that. We do watch uh, other news sources. We do delve into that. But I think there is a large group of people who listen aren't every day involved with politics. 
I will say the greatest thing about the Biden administration for me so far is I don't feel it necessary every day to check the Twitter feed and turn on CNN or MSNBC. I just don't do it anymore. I get up, I have a cup of coffee, I listen to music, I may read for a little while because everything's not a raging fucking fire 24-7, 365 with the leader of the nation pouring gasoline on the damn thing. And and and, and that, I, I think that we, we do need to bring the temperature down, but then we have to bring people to the table. People have to come to the table from the other side. And now we've gotten really political who will say Marjorie Taylor Greene does, should not be in Congress. Yes, we you know, people are free to have their beliefs, but if their beliefs are antithetical to factual uh, situations and then are asking that these uh, grossly overstated responses to non-factual uh situations are the way to go and and just again to stay on her you know having a wink and a nod towards the assassinating of the speaker of the house because you know it's a pedophile cult or whatever the fuck those people crazy ass people think until you have a majority of people who have a dissenting view who can say fringe elements the, the elements out there on the fringe are cannot creep into this discussion or we're not going to go anywhere that was I'm sorry, I'm very long winded today. No, that was a uh, was a pretty good rant. Um, and I agree, you know, pretty much with everything. The one thing I would say, though, is that I don't think we need and I don't I'm just going to say this. And I know this is a trigger phrase like uh, I don't think we need any sort of purity test ahead of time. Like we don't I don't need I don't need to know that someone I'm talking to trying to solve a problem on the other side. I don't need to know if they believe systemic racism exists. I need to know they think that problem in that situation exists because I, I think you offend for whatever reason, and I'm not throwing any dispersions on it, I don't agree, but I think you offend a large percentage of people when you cast the country as racist, when you say that there's systemic racism, whether or not you think it's true, I clearly do on both counts. Because it is true. But it, but to me, it's a non-starter. Yeah, but if if let's say we're talking about hiring in the NFL, if we're talking about better opportunities for African Americans economically in the country, I think that if we, in other words, if we talk about the problem and ways to solve it, that to me is the way to move forward as 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 opposed to making them say something before we can even have a conversation. Well, in other words, listen. does everyone want better school? Yes. Does everyone want better uh, representation and, and and less inequality with the races? Yes. Does every, I mean, 85, 80 to 90% of the people, you know, there's, we agree. Is it, does everyone want cleaner water and air? Yes. Does everyone want uh, to be energy independent at the same time? Yes. So like, let's just talk about the issues and let's fight, figure out solutions and not give a shit. But number one, who gives a who gets the credit? And number two, right. what the philosophy is behind it, because we all agree that the problem exists. Yeah, but I think you see where I where I part ways with you on this. And I know this Ferrero land is not far. We, we're 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 skirting on the outskirts. We're on the outskirts of it now. And I'm going to you're, you're going there right attack now. Me. You're going to attack me and just go after me. And thank God you're probably not three martinis in um, it. it uh, my problem is with that is okay yeah you don't need a purity test but if i'm having a discussion with someone about how to solve uh racial problems and they say there is no systematic racism i'm sorry that's 
That's a block, and I can't go anywhere from that. There's no way around that because you have to admit that the problem is the problem. You cannot address the racism that's in everyone's hearts initially because people are going to, you know, as, as Riley Claremont used to say about, uh, you know, relationships uh, and stuff, you know, the heart's going to do what the heart's going to do. And I think there is a, a level of that given where people come culturally and and what they've been taught. But I, I do think that you, you – you can approach the larger problem, the macro of the systematic. Here's why African-American folks don't have uh, access to as much economically because they've been held down by these policies. The policies that we put in place to overcome that may not have worked completely, but it's not a zero sum game. You can't then just say, which a lot of people do, well, it didn't work. So we have to, we have to get rid of it. It's like, no, it's like, anything you know you it's don't like take ruining rule we don't get rid of the ruining rule we just add right. to it we just amend right. as it. it stands it's not working we all have to accept that and, and as it stands welfare and the war on poverty has right. not worked doesn't right. mean exactly. we get rid of all of it right but to me john i think i think if if you really are interested in a solution then let's talk about the problem and let's talk about like if you want to talk about uh issues with with uh, police officers and unarmed black men, then you then you bring up situation after situation. You bring up uh, many, many other situ uh, 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 testimonials from people, including Republican senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott, who has many testimonials about what it is to be pulled over for being for being black, for driving instance. black in South Carolina. And, and you just and you just talk about examples and yeah. you forget about you forget about. Uh, the reason is because that cop's racist or the reason is, is because there's systemic racism in police departments. How about let's talk about why? Why does that happen a lot? Maybe there's not better training. Maybe there's not better training for de-escalation. Like, let's in other words, if you if you're really you have to accept mind, if you're progressive, you want to solve the problem. You have you to accept, to though, everyone accept something. But you have to accept, though, that in that situation that Tim Scott has been pulled over simply because he is a black man. And you and I yes. both know that there are people who will argue, well, I would get pulled over, too, if I blah, blah, blah. And you can't operate from there again. The minute they hear the word racism and I know what you're saying is, well, we, we just can't use it. It's like at some point, something oh, no, has to be called with what it is. And I mean, at some point, yeah. you have to accept that it does happen. There are those things. People are, you know, the fact that those people who broke into the Capitol and are now out on their own recognizance or have been, you know, and I don't know every one of those stories, but you and I both know, I know. well that if they were Muslims or they were, you know, people of color, it would be different. And you have to accept that. No, there's and you no can't get anywhere if you don't. And there will be 38% of people won't. And I, as I've said, there's a group of people in this country that have been so subjected to online and media bias and I and I can hear the other, oh, you listen to CNN or the fake news and all that bullshit. But we know that the Democratic Party is not running a pedophile group out of a pizzeria in Washington, for the love of God. And if you have people that believe that, Mark, you can't move forward with them. I'm sorry. You can't. There has to be a come to Jesus. There has to be a level of deprogramming. And I know they hate that, but you can look into what cults are and how cults work. And deprogramming is where you have to start. So if they don't accept 
that these are no, issues. I, I don't disagree. I, I do. I do not disagree with that. I do not disagree with anything, and, I, and I'm not advocating not calling something what it is. I'm not advocating that. I'm saying if you want to solve an issue, deal with those insurrectionists. You don't necessarily have to go, well, if they were black, because now that, now that takes the focus off of what those assholes did. But you and, have and, to point and, and out. who led them to that? You, you have to something. point out that the consequences for white people are less than the consequences for people of color. And I you think, have, I, the consequences I I have to that. become the same. No, I, I agree with that we as well. We already know that the consequences for rich people are not the same as the consequences for the rest of us. We know yes. that. But to me, to me, to me, the issue with the capital insurrection is not the consequences those people are going to pay versus what the what blacks or Muslims would have paid. That is a certain issue. I don't want to ever disregard that issue. But the issue at hand is what led them to that, who inspired them to that, what asshole senators uh, were, were part of that. Right. What jerk president led them to that? Who fed into with a big lie that the election was stolen? That's the issue. We can get to systemic racism and who pays and who doesn't pay later, but you're not going to solve that when you spread out the focus. No, and I and here's the thing, and why well, you know I think we're coming to uh, a, a bit of an agreement here. We're you know we're here. We need to be here. We, we were like here. Yeah, you, you're you're look at you. You're you're you are in for Ireland. I have my work is done here. You uh, yeah, now. I know, I know. You couldn't be any happier. But it is what we have to accept. Then is to your point. Okay, we don't have to talk about what the consequences are because you can get off into a nebulous fight there. We all know that. You know, all thinking people realize that the consequences would have been different. Um, and the non-thinking people, so we got to find some place to, to find common ground. And if the common ground isn't that 100% what they did was wrong, no matter how they felt, no matter who encouraged them to feel that way, the consequences for those people that did it need to be incredibly severe. And then we can hear from them as to what led them to it. But I believe what we're what we are doing is by spreading out how many people, um, uh, you know, well, it's because of Trump. It's because of uh, right wing radio. It's because of Fox News. It's because of Josh Hawley, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, whatever. It's now this thing. Well, to me, that's then saying, well, then, you know, gosh, I understand why they would do that. What we need to say is there is no understanding for what they did. That was not patriotic. It wasn't the Sons of Liberty pouring tea into Boston Harbor. It wasn't anything like that. It was sedition. It was the thing that you are so worried about that the other comes in and upsets the machinations of the country. You did that. You are the enemy. Those people are the enemy to democracy. And people are getting away from that. And I understand that with the leaders and at the top, it's just let's let's push this away. Let's let's just say Trump was a blip and he'll remain, you know, part. You can't do that. There have to be consequences. Justice before um, uh, reconciliation. And that's to get that. You have to get people to admit that there's no but at the end of the people who uh, breached the Capitol and caught it, every single one of them. The violent ones and the other ones who crawled, just crawled in the fucking window and walked around Statuary Hall. Every single one of them is a seditious criminal against this country, whatever their reasons for doing that. Um, and they need to be held responsible. And I'm not seeing that.
150 people. How many? There were thousands. 150 people have been arrested. Come on. I think that will continue. There's signs Hopefully. all over over the country uh, asking for tips. There is more and more evidence coming in day by day about what happened because everything was recorded. How did they get out of there? That's my question. How in the hell did the person who sat behind Nancy Pelosi's desk not get arrested immediately while he was doing a, a Maria Bartiromo interview or whatever? I think it's an algorithm that cops have with mobs. It's like, Maybe. okay, we, we, we can't – if we engage, we're going to lose right now. So we it's, it's more about containment. At that point, I do think there's an algorithm with mobs that cops have to follow. Uh, I'll need to see them to survive the encounter. I'm going to need to see that justified, though, because I think you're right. I think that's what the argument's going to be. I often think it's kind of a specious argument. I I have heard that. No, I I have heard that. If you're really outnumbered, it's about containing the mob as opposed to uh, anything else. And 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 again, the, the the same thing that liberals fall into in comparing the consequences to that to what blacks would have faced or Muslims is the same thing conservatives go to immediately. Well, what about the non-consequences for these rioters, for Antifa, for these buildings that have been destroyed, for these businesses who have been destroyed? You know, if we get into what about ism on either side, we're not focusing on the issue. And the issue is you're right, John. And I think not only do that, I think everything has to be to me. I don't think anything's spread out when you go after who inspired it as well. I mean, you know, Jim Jones is more responsible than those poor souls who took, you know, Agreed. their lives. He's more responsible than the people that shot up Leo Ryan on the airstrip. I do. But I do think what we're seeing is uh, some level of apology for the folks who who did it. Oh, Maybe yeah, not that, the not that, the most, yeah. you know, yeah, not that, the, the poor guy who dressed. No, he's a poor guy. But the guy who dressed like a shaman. I mean, it's it's easy to, to call him out. But I think there is a uh, I, I think there is a uh, we, we fall into a trap as well when we don't. And you would think this would appeal, Mark to that side more is to approach it from the law and order side initially and say, okay, we're going to get to the re- re- behind this, but these people, there is no, well, they were, they were brainwashed. I agree. I agree. There, there can't be any of that. No, uh, do you want to, you want to address Lenny's point about the, the idea that if, a, if you hire a Caucasian or a minority, it's going to be easier in to some way Caucasian. to, to, to get to, yeah, to fire the Caucasian. I do, do facts back that up? That's my issue with that would be, maybe that's a a feeling, but uh, is that backed up by anything? Cause it sure as hell wasn't easy to fire Norv Turner um, through all the, you know, and it was a hell of a lot easier to fire Jim Caldwell who had a level of success that Norv Turner could only have dreamed of. I think in the corporate world, that makes a lot more sense. I think so as well. The eyeballs and the rules. And it's harder to quantify. It's harder to quantify success. In, and in the, so corporate world. in the corporate world, I think it is. It's, it's someone feels like they're covered a little bit more if they hire Caucasian people as their as their next level down or a couple levels down. If something goes wrong on those levels, they can get rid of them without having a lot of blowback. Yeah, Whereas, I think the other side of that is, Mark, I think the, the flip side of that coin uh, to, to push back against Lenny just a little bit. And I understand where he's coming from. The push side back of that coin is a great uh, um exchange I saw, and I, I think I brought it up before on the show, between Dean Smith and uh, John Thompson uh, when they were both coaches at North Carolina and Georgetown, respectively. And they were on a, I think it was an ESPN thing about race uh, way, way 20 plus years ago, if not more. And Dean Smith talking about, uh, you know, well, 
when, you know, African-American kid comes onto campus, you know, he has to carry himself better. He has to, you know, he has to present himself uh, as as more of a model citizen than than the white player. And John Thompson pushed back and I think rightfully so and said, that's not equality. That is the opposite of equality. And uh, so I think, you know, the, the uh, well, you, you know, the the the, the African-American guy will have to uh, the, the other side of that coin is, well, it's easier for me to get rid of of the white guy. I just think I and again, we're looking for people in their hearts to have complete and utter uh, non-racism. And I know that's it's been going on. It's going on for far too long. It, it, that's not going to happen. Uh, but I do think that if you look at it on a macro versus a micro, that you can look at any single situation. You can argue why Eric Bieniemy didn't get any individual job, depending on what they were looking for. What you can't argue in the macro is with that many jobs open, that Eric Bieniemy shouldn't have been at the top. Of it's, some of it is so. so ridiculous. Thanks it for is. pulling it back to, to where it was. And, and I do think it is uh, it is cultural bias. I will say that the left has a lot of cultural bias as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we all have to rural people. All those people in uh, the hillbilly elegy, we don't like because we have cultural bias to them. We have cultural bias to rural Americans. And, um, you know, I, I would say this, though, that Daniel Snyder, of all the owners out there, he changes his he changes it. Now, granted, I, I don't even care why. I don't right. even care why. But it is he important to point out name. why. He, he off on that and whether he had any support or not, or whether he was pushed to it. Again, it doesn't matter to me. He changed the name of a team that had had that name for a hundred years, which is indigenously horrible name. And now they've hired a first full-time black assistant, female assistant coach as a, as a full-time intern this year for them. And I think that's remarkable. And I think you didn't say anything about it the first time around, John, because there's just something about women in sports that you just don't. No, that's just not don't. true. No, I know. That's that you is so not, not true. Embrace that. that is not true. That is not true. That is not true. I don't true. know, Johnny. You hate no, women's that, sports. I think that's great. No, I did. That's not women's basketball. That. I don't think, hate women's basketball. I think a Pop Warner team can beat, you know, a WNBA team. I've never ever said anything of the sort. You're just you're just trying to again in a, in a desperate attempt to appeal to women. Um, and I get it, Mark. I get it. You're sure. lonely. You're sure. lonely, lonely man. In a desperate attempt to present you yourself it. as attractive sure. to women and why they won't find mm. the swag Disney had attractive. I don't know. I don't yeah, know Nicole. why they would. Um, you're you're, you're going to try to make me look like a uh, like a misogynist. And, you know, that's not true. No, I think that's great. And I yeah, I think it's great that it, it does come from Dan Snyder. But we do need to and you'll, you'll hate we do need to realize there are socioeconomic reasons why he did what he did. Because There's no doubt was, about it. He was getting pushed I, in that direction. And, and that brings and me back point. to. To, about to Jim Brown. Yeah. That it it, it one all night in Miami. Down, it all comes down to that. One night in Miami. Have you seen that uh the uh, Amazon Prime movie yet which is a fictionalized oh. account of um 1964 uh, in Miami after the Ali um uh, uh what's his Liston, name? Uh, Liston. Liston fight. Yeah. It's Muhammad Ali, Sam yeah, I've Cook. I've seen the ads for it. I haven't I haven't um, Jim Brown and Malcolm Cook. X. Yeah, and it's, Sam Cook played by uh Leslie Odom Jr. of uh, Hamilton fame. Uh, and he's nice. just so terrific he things in it. So he gets yes, he does. Sing. Well, you, of course. Yeah, you. of course. We so could, it's uh, good. Uh, it, it, you, you recommend it? 
Yeah, yeah, it's terrific. It's like a play with these four guys, essentially, um, you know, discussing a lot of the things that we're talking about and how, you know, Malcolm X is is uh, advocating for change and uh, what needs to be done for change. They're all, of course, advocates for change. And Jim Brown and, you know, very famously, he got together with a lot of uh, African-American athletes and talked about um, economic freedom is the, where you start. Um, and it's just, that's been a hard thing to achieve and buying a football team may literally be God's way of telling you, you have too much money because if you have enough money to buy a football team, you probably could put your money to better use, quite frankly. Um, and, uh, it's difficult when there has not been economic freedom for somebody to get to that level, which is, you know, you talk about the one percenters. Um, and, uh, it, until, until we start to see that seep up more, um, you're, these problems are going to persist because to I your point, this, you can't, that, you can't just say, say somebody it's racist and have them go, Oh yeah, that was kind of racist. So I shouldn't do it anymore. People push back against that. sort of they thing. do, they, they do. don't like and to think that they're racist and I don't think don't. that many of them do. And that's non, kind of a non-starter to right. solve a problem, even though they may be very well racist. We don't right. need to start there because people don't like to think of themselves that way, obviously. Right. Jim Brown, by the way, has famously embraced both sides of all of these issues uh, along the way. And yeah. as and is, as he's aging, you know, um, has done that. And, and I think, you know, I don't think he's changed. I think he's just looking for other other allies ice cube the same thing he's just looking for who's ever going to help the situation it's like right. in his mind in his mind democrats are you know whoever's going to help me if right. a republican might help me then why would i not do that right and i think i think economic freedom ice cube jim brown those guys yeah. they that's where they're going and i think we should be open to those solutions as well, Frank. Yeah. And, and Joe Conley making the point that always was, was the Chris Rock point on uh, Michael Jordan when he talked about the difference between being rich and being wealthy. Michael Jordan is rich. The guy who owns the Bulls is wealthy. And yeah. what we're talking about is wealth. And wealth. Uh, we need a, we, we, we often try transfer of wealth in this country. The largest transfer of wealth in the history of this country happened during the Reagan administration when he just destroyed the middle class and threw the poor out to, and gave a bunch of money to the rich. And that's why he's not a hero, despite what you may have been told by anyone at any point in time. And we're still paying the price for him, much like World War One. I. I would consider him the World War One of presidents. Um, but uh, and economically, that, we're Germany. The people are yes. we Germany. Is that what it is? Um, I think, uh, well, I just, equivalent? because we're, we're just still paying the if price for World War One. That's why I meant we're paying the price for what we did post-World War One, the Versailles Treaty in the oh, Middle East and other, propping up the colonialism uh, after World War One yeah. that should have collapsed uh, and didn't collapse until 30 years later. All that sort of thing that uh, is probably the reason no one listens to our show and that they listen to Colin Coward because we just went off on like a 40-minute rant which I think I mentioned Eric Bieniemy once, and that was the only reference to sports throughout that entire thing. Yeah. Then let's do trivia. <laughs> That's the only way to fix this one. Woohoo! Yeah. It's progressive trivia. It's the NBA. Played for five NBA teams. John got it right. Joe Connolly guessed Horace Grant, which is incorrect. Played in 160 plus playoff games. Played with Adrian Dantley and Sean Bradley. Two time All Star. Those are our first set of clues. Second set of clues coming up. Scored over a thousand points in the playoffs, played 12 for 12 plus years, won at least one NBA title, and the only player in his school to have ever made it to the NBA. The only player in his school to have ever made it to the NBA. So those are our. Um, All right. 
That's progressive trivia. The first couple of progressive trivias, there they are. And here we go <laughs> on to the next set of clues. By the way, Ann Macklin uh, is the one person who enjoyed the fact that we got away from sports for all that time. So maybe. I'm glad I'm, she's she's a she's a semi regular listener. I and, think uh, uh, I, we're as I, big. I think we're bigger fans of hers, John, than she is of ours. I would say that's yeah. pretty pretty clear. Oh, absolutely, and that's because all things are right with the world as well. It should be. She's she's a capable, uh, lovely person. You and I highly capable. Neither of those things. Not capable <laughs> nor attractive. Not yeah. lovely either. And Joe Connolly got it right. Good way. Good job, Joe Connolly. He got it right. Congratulations. Yeah. All right, our next uh, topic, our next set of topics, if you will. It's just a bit of a parlor game out there um, with the Deshaun Watson uh, sweepstakes, which I think is hilarious. I really no, it's do. It's great. It's great stuff. Um, the more and, I hear, the more I think you'll end up in uh, Houston because the more uh, the more he'll the buckshot yeah. gets. If it were localized to just a couple of teams, like when uh-huh. it was the Jets and the Dolphins, and we looked at what they had to offer, because that comes into play too. What does Houston get? They're not going to give up a young quarterback of that level that made sense to me, but now it's all spread out and you can go online and you can see him uh, digitally put into a lion's uniform and a Niners uniform and a, and a Falcons uniform. And I'm like, all right, now he's going to end up back into in, uh, Houston. So at any rate, it's pretty fun. However, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. There's no way he, he leaves. I don't, I think that's pretty silly. Um, I mean, I think a couple of teams it makes sense for, and I also think that a couple of those teams, if he is as disgruntled as is said, Mark, and you have to take everything like that with a bit of a grain of salt, um, there it, where it makes sense. There are a couple of those moves that make sense, but really, to me, only a couple of them. The, the rest of them don't make sense on one side or the other, if not both. All right, so this is my favorite one. Okay, because, and and I and I should I should have w- waited for this one to the end, but who knows what ra- what rails we're, we're going to get off of, and what trails we're going to go down as a result. So I want to get this one, and this is my this is my favorite. All right, so ready for this because this involves the other drama situation in the NFL right now. Okay. What's Aaron Rodgers going to do? Which is like he's obviously going to stay too. It's right. so obvious that right. these guys are going to stay. Right. But it's fun. It's a fun parlor game, and to your point. Anything that we can do to not talk about actual sports, to either play games about sports or to rant about social injustice, we will embrace because we have an opportunity to do that. We have another week and a half before the Super Bowl, and uh, we get to do that. So here it is. This is a uh, three-team trade. Uh Three-team trade between the Packers, the 49ers, and the Texans. Actually, four-team. The Patriots are involved as well. Uh, Of course they are. So the Packers send Aaron Rodgers – to the 49ers. Now we know why you want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 30th overall pick and uh, in 2021, which is theirs, and uh, their quarterback, Jordan Love, to the Texans. So the, the Packers send Rodgers to the Niners, Okay, their, their first-round pick, and Jordan Love to the Texans. Okay. The 49ers send to the Texans their first-round pick, which is 12th overall, their first-round pick next year, 2022, and their second round pick. Uh, well, they they send those first two to the Texans. Their first round pick this year. Their first round pick sec- second year. Those go to the they, Texans. To the Texans. Okay. They send their second round pick for next year to the Packers. They okay. Send, they send Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots. Okay. The Texans send court, uh, Deshaun Watson to the Packers and a fourth round twenty twenty two pick to the Niners, and the Patriots send. 
like a fifth round or a late fourth round pick to the 49ers for this. So, so the Niners end up with the Niners end up with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. They've given up their first round pick this year. They've given up their second round pick next year. They've given up their second round. Uh, their, they've given up their first round pick this year and next year. They've given up their second round pick next year. That's what they've given up. Okay, so that's two first rounders and a second rounder. Yeah, he's now with the forty nine deal right now. Are you kidding yeah. me? Uh, they get a fifth round pick from from uh, the Patriots, yeah. and they got a and they get a fourth round pick from the Texans. Okay, they get a fourth right. round pick. Okay, the uh, the Packers. This is what the Packers get. The Packers. Uh, they get obviously Deshaun Watson. Okay, they've given up their first round pick this year, and Jordan Love. It's all they have to do to give it up. Okay, that's easy. First round pick and Jordan Love for Deshaun Watson. Although yeah. you're you're giving up Aaron Rodgers, right? The Texans give up Deshaun Watson and a fourth round pick. The Texans get first round pick from the Niners this year. They have their pick. They also get the first round pick for the Packers. So they okay. now have three first round picks this year. Next year they get the 49ers first round pick. Okay? And that's what the Texans get. So the Texans get uh the Texans get draft picks. Mhm. Three first rounders this year and an extra first rounder next year and Jordan Love. Okay. And the Patriots fourth round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um <laughs> One percent, two percent chance. Uh, less than that. The the problem as I see it is that the Texans now end up without a quarterback because I mean Jordan Love. We have no. He didn't dress for a single game. Um, but that would work if have then the first round picks this year though, so they could easily draft. They could easily right. But none of those first round picks, other than their own, which they're still holding on to, right? They didn't give up their first round pick. No, no, they got rid of it because that's the, who the Dolphins. The Dolphins have that pick this year. Oh, they don't have a first-round pick this year. Right, right. that's why I, I was just thinking in that when you just discussed their first-round pick. Yeah, so they don't have a first-round pick. Those are lower level. I think that's a, a phenomenal deal for the for the uh, 49ers. It is a pretty good deal for the uh, Patriots, I think. It is a decent deal for Green Bay, and it's a horrible deal for Houston in my mind. Houston gets, uh, yeah, they get two first-round picks this year, and they get a first-round pick next year. So they get three first-round picks. Now, if they were package those together, if they were to package those together and give them to Jacksonville and get Trevor Lawrence, which I don't know if Jacksonville would necessarily go for, I don't know. I don't, you know, we don't we have an idea how um, Urban Meyer would like to put his football team together. You would think he'd want to go with Trevor Lawrence, who seems to be to many people a, a, a slam dunk. But I just I just don't think that in that scenario that you're giving me, I, I think there's too little reason for Houston to do it, and there's barely enough reason for Green Bay to do it. The Steelers, here's one. They give Houston their first-round pick this year. Uh-huh. They give them their first-round pick next year. Uh-huh. They give them their third-round pick the following year, hmm. and they give them T.J. Watt and f- fullback Derek Watt. And they get Deshaun Watson from Wisconsin, right? Yeah, so that, they're from Wisconsin. I uh, um, no, and that just that one sounds a little 
That just sounds a little ridiculous. All right, how about this one? The Cleveland Browns. Ready for this one? First round pick this year. Okay. Second round. Uh, I'm sorry. First round pick this year and next year. Okay. And a fourth round pick the year after that. So two first rounders. Yeah. They give them Baker Mayfield. They give them Odell Beckham Jr. Well. And they get Deshaun Watson. Uh, That's two first round picks plus Baker Mayfield. Two lower two lower first round picks because Cleveland this year, what is there? They're probably they're in the twenties somewhere. Yeah, it's twenty six this year and whatever and then, it is next year. Right. And if you have Deshaun Watson, maybe. Mm. Uh nah. I, I just mm. Now, you know, again, why mess with in Cleveland? I think they've got something going there. How about this? Um, Okay, ready for this one? Dallas. Yes. yes. Dallas. Okay. Tenth overall pick this year. Tenth. Okay. 2023 first round pick. So not next year, but the next year. Two two first round picks, though. But they get their tenth pick this year and a first round pick in two years. And they send them Dak Prescott for Deshaun Watson. For Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Texans Texans give up a fourth round pick in 2023 to, to Dallas. Mm. First round this year, number 10. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Okay. And a first round pick in 2023 and Dak. So for Deshaun, you know, what's the difference between Dak and Deshaun? Is it first is it two first round picks? It could be. That's pretty maybe. close. Maybe, maybe I would, I would like for them to make that. Cause I think that would set their progress back. And of course we're all, uh, we're, we're all good with that one. Um, the New York giants <laughs> first round pick happen. this year, first round pick next year, first round pick the following year and Daniel Jones. No, I think they, I think they like what they have in Daniel Jones. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. And that's okay. for Deshaun Watson or is that uh, for Aaron that's for Deshaun? That's Deshaun for Deshaun Watson. Watson. Okay. This is all for, these are all, this is the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Okay. I still think Miami, right. Miami has the best probably thing to offer. Uh, and I still think it's let's, better for Miami. Let's see what Miami's is. Let's get down to Miami's finally. Oh, there's there's your team, Washington football team. Ready for this All one? Right, I want to hear this one, yeah. Uh, the 19th and 74th overall picks in 2021. Mm-hmm. So that's your first and second rounders, I guess. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, and next year, your first, first and, third. and fourth rounder. Yeah, first and, and third. 20, sure, yeah. First and third, okay. Yeah. First, so first, a one and a three this year, yeah. a one and a four next year. And a one the following year. That's a haul. That's a big haul. Three first rounders. Yep, four. A, a third rounder and a fourth rounder for Deshaun Watson. That's it. Sorry, I had to let the cat out. Um, that's not a euphemism. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't, I don't really. Mm. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I'm not. That's that's not. It's not striking me as a good deal. Really, on either side, frankly, I don't know that those Washington picks are that worth that much. All right, so let's do the 49ers for Deshaun Watson. We did one for the 49ers for Aaron Rodgers. Let's yeah. do this for Deshaun Watson. Are you ready? I think I've seen this one. Overall pick this year, first rounder, which is 12th. Mm-hmm. Next year's first and second round picks, those are to the Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 2023 third round pick. Tavarius Moore, who's a safety, and Jimmy Garoppolo to the Jets. So it's a it's a three team deal. Okay. <laughs> the Jets give Darnold to the to the Texans, right? And give a fifth rounder to the 49ers, and then uh, Texans get Deshaun Watson. So what the Texans get? 
No, who get no, it, Niners get Deshaun Watson. You said the Texans. Niners. Sorry, Niners yeah. get Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So, so the Texans get the twelfth overall pick this year. They get first and second rounders from the Niners next year. Yeah, and they get Sam Darnold <laughs> for Deshaun Watson. I don't. I wouldn't if I were there. I wouldn't do that. No. Okay. Here we go. Dolphins. So there's no city. Well, here's, here's, here's my issue. The, uh, of all this, uh, everything that you've given us so far, the only situation that hands Houston a starting quarterback is the Dak Prescott one, right? No, there's there's a few. I mean, Daniel Jones, starting quarterback. Oh, all right. Well, I, I'm throwing that out there. The, the, the Giants aren't going to part with Daniel Jones at this point in time. I'm just thinking of ones if that are for like Deshaun Watson. I think they would in a heartbeat. Yeah, maybe it seemed like you were, they were giving up an awful lot for it's Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I should. Yeah, I'm probably not thinking straight on that, but I just. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, too, I think, is in there in one of those deals that the Texans get. I didn't remember one where Garoppolo went to the Texans. Oh, yeah, that's true. He went to the Patriots or the Jets. Um Let's see. What else did we did we see in there? Steelers didn't g- give them a quarterback. Um, yeah, Dak Pres- Prescott, but I think there was one other one besides uh, Daniel Jones. I think there was one other one, but we'll get to that in a second. This is the this is the Dolphins. This one is a starting quarterback they get as well. All right, they get uh, the Dolphins Ryan give them give them the third overall pick this year. Okay, the thirty sixth overall pick and the hundred thirteenth pick this year. Okay. So they get their first. They get their second, fourth, and their fourth. And that's they get the third and the 36th. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Next year, they get the Dolphins' first-round pick. Okay. The following year, they give them their fourth-round pick, and they give them – oh, wait a minute. What the hell? Uh-oh. And then Tua to the Bears. What? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so the, the Texans send Deshaun Watson and, and a guard – I don't understand this. I don't understand that at all because they don't get a quarterback in return. If they were to give Tua to the Texans for Deshaun and a guard to help with that offensive line, yeah. Again, yeah, I think that pair. that's good for the Dolphins, but we don't we don't we don't know what Tua is yet. I mean, I just don't know that. You know, okay, if you are. I agree. I agree. You're Houston, you've got to get somebody who can be a starting quarterback. I, I, again, I don't know what Houston's timetable is. I would think they realize it's going to take them a couple of years to crawl back into it, a couple of seasons. But, you know, anything. Okay. Oh, here's yeah, another starting, here's another starting quarterback one. The Panthers. Okay. All right. They send their eighth and their 39th pick overall this year. So they have the eighth mm-hmm. pick overall. 39. Yeah. So they're two good picks. Yeah. 22, 2022, next year's first round pick and 2023's first round pick and okay. Teddy and Teddy Bridgewater for Deshaun Watson. So they get three first round picks that's not bad. and this year's high second round pick. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I do think, again, that, that's one to me, to me that says you do that if you know that Watson's just not going to. That, that sounds like a pretty good one if you know Watson's not going to. Uh, play ball oh, with you. oh the cleveland one too remember johnny baker mayfield oh baker mayfield yeah yeah and yeah. odell beckham and yeah. two first rounders who baker mayfield's better without odell beckham on the team so that might actually not uh draw anybody the, in the broncos the ninth overall pick this year the 40th overall pick next year's first round pick the following year's second round pick wide receiver tim patrick and drew luck for deshaun watson mm-hmm 
Well, I wonder when Drew Locke's contract on your thing at this point. Again, there's just too many unknowns there. I, I, I just, I, I think if anything, if anything uh, happens in this, uh, all of these scenarios, I only think it's that the Houston Texans can afford. Now they may make a mistake because you know it's disarray down there, but I think they can only afford to bring in somebody who is a an established starter. So to me, that says, and I think the Mayfield thing is silly, but okay, you. There's one, Garoppolo, Dak, Dak. I think those, you know, I guess you can Arnold, Ar, uh, argue about Darnold, but at this point, I don't know. I, I think he is a reclamation. Or even Jones, or even Daniel Jones. Yeah. Know, he's he's established or not. Yeah. So listen to this. This could be the best one. The Chargers. Oh, no. 13th Jesus. overall pick. They have the 13th overall pick this year. Right. So you give them that. You give them your first round this year. You give them your second round in 2022 and your second round in 2023 and Justin Herbert. No. You had Justin Herbert on a rookie contract. For Deshaun Watson. You don't screw that up. You have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract. The Chargers would do that in a heartbeat. They have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract. I don't think they would. I I don't think they would because they've got him on a rookie contract. And I think what we've seen is when you have to start opening up your wallet and paying people, it, it, it... you you lose talent, and I think they want to try to make a run while Justin Herbert is still on this, or at least get close while he's still on this rookie contract. So you're telling me if you're running the Chargers, you would not take that deal? I would not take that deal. I would not. That's crazy. I've That's seen crazy. enough from Justin Herbert. Okay. I haven't. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We, we have no idea what, what he's going to do. Got him and, on rookie contract. And yes, he has. He's cheaper than Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. But, a lot cheaper. But they are, their roster is pretty well set. Mm-hmm. And I think they have cap money. I think they, I, you know, they could, they could be a Super Bowl contender this year. They're not going to be a Super Bowl contender this year with Justin Herbert. Okay. In twenty twenty one. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that they are with Deshaun Watson either. But I just, I wouldn't. If I'm that, I don't make that deal. You hate Deshaun Watson. I don't. No, I want Deshaun Watson to go to Miami, <laughs> uh, to go to Miami, or I, you know, the Green Bay thing is sort of fun. But I think the best situation for him would be. Miami or San Francisco. Because I, you know, I just think he would, you know, I I think he immediately gets into his, he's immediately into a situation there that is a, a playoff situation with young talent. Um, you know, Green Bay, obviously, but I just think that's a pipe dream that anybody thinks that Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay. It's just stupid to me. It's just ridiculous. Um, no, think, so that, think, that's yeah, it, that's, that's why I land Miami or San Francisco, and that's not just for you and Riley. Uh, as I you know try to make your team better, but uh, I, I think those situations. I would love for the Washington situation. I would love for them to make something to work. Make something work. I simply don't think they have enough to give back in return. You know, and if they start talking about Chase Young or yeah, something like that, that's probably the truth. I just don't think they have enough. But yeah, they, you know, that would improve Washington. Washington was seven and nine this year. I think, you know, with Deshaun Watson and that same roster, I think you look at them and they're a nine or 10 win team next year and you're back in the playoffs probably again. So, you know, yeah, I think they would do that in a minute. All I right. solidify well, that already position a, for a while. An hour 15 in. Yeah, it's enough. We're already an hour um, 15 in. So let's do our last set of progressives. Played for five NBA teams, played. In 160 plus playoff games. Remember, John Pelkey got this with the first set of clues. Played with Adrian Dantley and Sean Bradley, two time All Star. Joe Connolly got it with the second 
set of clues, and here they are. Scored over 1,000 points in the playoffs, played for 12-plus years, won at least one NBA title, only player in his school to ever have made it to the NBA, and these are the last ones. Second-round pick, played with three different international teams after he retired from the NBA. He's a Hall of Famer, won the rebound title seven years in a row. We're just going to go ahead and give it. At this point in time, he is the one and only. The worm. Yep, absolutely. All right. So. Working's back to you, trying to prevent me from working. The ESPN. Oh, was it? What was the, que- the question have to do with Rodman? Yeah, Dennis Rodman went to the Lakers, and you said, I think immediately that makes them uh, the favorites to win the championship. And I said at the time, I thought they needed better guard play, and it proved out that I was right that they needed, <laughs> they needed better guard play. Well, they had Kobe I advocated Sam Cassell. I advocated for getting Sam Cassell, actually. And we were one year away from a three-year run for the Lakers. Yeah. Sands Dennis Rodman yeah. uh, when you were hired. All right. So uh, we wanted to do some potpourri, but we can wait on that. Yep. It's been a long show already, Johnny. Now, Lenny, uh, just would, I want to throw this one out there. The Watson Lenny's through the trade Darnold and the number two, just straight up to the Texans. I don't I think they'd want more. The Texans I just don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Darnold. Maybe next year's number one, too. Yeah, because I, th- I don't think Darnold even resides where, you know, where I think I, I think you'd rather have Justin Herbert or you'd rather have Daniel Jones. At this point, Darnold, you just don't know if he's so broken uh, by poor coaching or whatever that he ever uh, amounts to anything. And I don't think you can afford if you're Houston. Here's my final thought on this. I don't think if you're Houston, no matter what else you get, you can uh, you can afford to get a project at quarterback. Right. You got to get an established starter. You can sign to a multi-year deal. And uh, who's that? Who's that going to be? Garoppolo, maybe Dak. I guess that's a possibility. But that's that's how Baker. I see it. Baker. Baker. Yeah, I just don't think. You know, why? Why upset the? Nah, Lenny. Number two, number twenty-three. Now nah, wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Rather have players and picks. To be honest, are there players I know can play than picks? Always. Number two, though. Yeah. Can sit behind. You know, uh, Zach. What's his name? What's his last name? Smith? Braff? No, Zach. What's his name? I can't. Uh, Who? B- BYU quarterback. Zach Smith. Smith. Okay. Yeah, get him, number two. Have him sit yeah. behind Arnold, uh, you know, Darnold or Arnold. <laughs> Let him sit behind. Might as well Arnold from Happy Days. Sure. Seven yeah. martinis in, Joe. Not three, not five, yeah. seven. Uh, all right, that does it. Uh, I want to remind people that we're going to do a deep dive on Wednesday. We may even have it be a multiple-part series, Good 1972. Lord. We're going to talk about a lot of things, lots to talk about, and it really does deserve probably multiple-part, like 40 minutes. Like we, we, you know, we, we limit it to 40 minutes, have a little banter before and after, but there's so much to talk about with 1972, John, as you know. I mean, yep. and this is just off the top. The Dolphins' undefeated season, number yep. one. Uh, the, the Obviously, the Olympics – all the records that were set in the Olympics and the remarkable tragedy that happened. The, uh, the um, you know, the A's had their first World Series that year. The Lakers, oh, by the way, that was their year that they had Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West. They had won 33 games in a row, which I think is still the record for any sport in North America. Uh, we had a presidential election that year that, uh, you know, involved a little thing called Watergate. And uh, as mentioned before, the uh, the horrible a Palestinian Liberation Army, um, that's not what it's called, organization, the PLO, uh, and what they did in Munich uh, to the Israeli athletes and everything that did to the sport and that did to the world. And 1972, there's so much else happened in the world besides the Watergate, Gunstein. besides the presidential rec- yes. election or erection. I don't think there were many of those. <laughs> uh, 
Jack Kennedy having sex in the White House. They'll never say that about Nixon. A great Saturday Night Live where he's walking around talking to the paintings. You having who, sex. Who was that? Was that Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd who, who did Nixon? Dan Aykroyd's Nixon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the famous one with with Belushi playing uh, Kissinger. So, yeah, great stuff. All right. So that's it. That's next Wednesday. Friday, we'll obviously we'll talk about the Pro Bowl top to bottom. It's all we're going to. They're not playing it, but apparently they're doing like a Madden Pro Bowl. Guys are more insignificant. Great. 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 We'll go deep dive into it. Get some people from over there at EA and we'll deep dive into it. Yeah. We know a few yeah, people there's... over there. All We've right. We've done a few gigs over there. Nope. All right. You. For John Pelkey, I'm Mark Furr for the departed Jeff Taylor. Didn't this has depart. been After Further Review. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe, everyone. See you later. Now, hang on. Hang on. Just so just so people can have this song. I think people want the song, John. I think people feel deprived if they if they don't get the song. And so that's anything. what we're going to do. Remember, deep dive on Wednesday. <laughs> Pro Bowl talk on Friday. No problem. And here we go. For John Pelkey. For the departed Jeff Taylor. Still alive. I'm Mark Ferreira. Barely. This has been after further review. Stay safe and sane. We'll talk to you on Friday.